Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're about to enjoy this replay of the Sons of UCF Live brought to you by Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Today, I want to talk more about Dariga, a company that's revolutionizing the way businesses tackle one of their most critical challenges, finding the right talent. Dariga stands out for the groundbreaking approach to recruitment, which is really more like matchmaking. They also have deep-rooted ties to UCF. Ray Bazzi, their founder, is a UCF alum who actually started the company based on a class project during his MBA program. Also, their commitment to UCF runs deep. 95% of their employees are UCF graduates. Many companies turn to Dariga, and you should too. To find out more, go to nightrecruiting.com. That's night with a K to learn more about Dariga. Dariga, matching your company with the right talent. Greetings, friends. The revolving door of Sons of UCF Live host continues. I am Adam. This week, we have the uh, co-host and the star of the Sons of UCF podcast making his first appearance since September. UCF Mike is back with us. Mike, how are you? I'm doing good, man. Thanks uh, for having me back. Yeah, no problem. And uh, the the guy who writes the best <laughs> articles on the Sons of UCF.com, whose name is not Dolly Drama. His name is Brian W. Peterson. Again, check him out on Sons of UCF.com. Brian W. Peterson, how are you, friend? I am good. I'll be better once we get a win this week. Uh, let's talk about that. You two both seem pretty chipper, but when I last saw you on Saturday, not a lot of chipperness. Uh, UCF goes down to West Virginia. Uh, Mike, where are you at these these days, friend? Five straight losses. Uh, obviously, a road game against Cincinnati. Where How are you feeling these days? Are you positive? Are you negative? You checked out, checked in? Where are you at? How could anybody be positive? The only thing I'm positive of is that we're going to give up about 300 yards on the ground. That's the only thing I'm positive about. <laughs> The rest, I'm just here for fun, man. I, I'm, this is back to the days I said it on Monday night. I just want to watch the games and, and relax. That's all I'm there for anymore. I don't have any faith. Well, Brian, I know you, you don't relax easily. I know you're a pacer like I am. Uh, what, where are you at? How are you feeling now? Uh, we got to get one eventually, right? Maybe this is the week where it happens. Or, or maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. What, well, what do you, well, Brian, what do you want to see differently, right? I know we've seen five shake games, and there's some games we're in it, and then we make some mistakes. What do you want to see differently from UCF on Saturday? When you turn your TV on 3.30 and you're watching the game, is there something where you're going to be like, okay, I feel better about what I'm seeing right now? If we cannot turn the ball over four times this week, that would be fantastic. Let's start with that. Okay. Putting some points on the board. Okay. Mike, what about you? What do you want to see? What was positive for you? I got a list of five things I'd rather do than watch the game. We'll save it for later. <laughs> I don't care how we win, ugly win, whatever it is. 
just get have one more point in Cincinnati at the end of the day, and then I'll take it however, whichever way it comes. Well, you guys sound frustrated, and somebody else that's frustrated is our head football coach, Gus Malzahn, who met the media this week and talked about his frustration. Yeah, no, no, unbelievably uh, frustrated right now. Like I said, I'm about as frustrated as I've ever been, and I've got to find a way to fix it. Um, and, and we got to we got to do better this week. And so everything we have to do this week to try to come back with a victory, that, that's what's on my mind. That's what's on his mind, Brian. He wants to come back with a victory. You know, he, his press conferences have been getting uh, a little bit more frustrated every week. You know, he's gone from super positive. We're going to win the conference. We're going to compete at the beginning of the season, preseason, to, to now he's showing his frustration like the rest of us are as we go into the Cincinnati week here. And I, I mean, I'd be frustrated if I was him too. I am frustrated watching these games on TV, watching them in the, in the stands. It's, it's frustrating to watch. Mike, do you like hearing your head football coach is frustrated? Yeah. I mean, he's a lot less frustrated sitting on top of $13 million or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably got to take a little sting off of it. I'm sure. Uh, but I, he can't be more frustrated than we are, man. And we've been bleeding with this team for the last 25 years. So it, it sucks. Everything about this season so far has sucked. All right, we'll get back to the sucky season that is in just a few minutes. But a couple of uh, future-related items came out this week, gentlemen. The schedule is out. So we now know UCF's opponents for the upcoming years. Obviously, we'll focus on some of those later on. But 2024 features some home slates, gentlemen. Colorado, Utah, Arizona. Mike, what was your impression of the uh, the, the released schedule? And what do you think of the 2024 schedule? I'm happy with it. I like the schedule. I think we've got some sexy matchups at home. Dion's coming back to Florida. Utah has been a top 10 team now for the last few years. It's a good program. Uh, Arizona is on its way back up too. So it's going to be a hard home schedule on the road. Look, we don't have to go to Lubbock. We don't have to go to some of these other towns that I've been avoiding the whole time. We got a trip to, to Tempe, Arizona, which is a nice little trip. I'm thinking that's the one I have circled on my calendar right now. I'd like to make that trip, maybe parlay it into a little Vegas couple nights over there too. So the schedule so far for next year looks great. Brian, a lot of talk. There's no um, stated rival for UCF the way the schedule broke out. The Big 12 kind of broke up some rivalries. A lot of the hateful eight are really upset about that. UCF doesn't have a natural rival schedule-wise. Does that bother you? Are you good with that? Does that concern you? What are your thoughts on not having a rival? No, it doesn't really bother me. I mean, we all know that Cincinnati is our quote-unquote Big 12 rival. Um, you know, I never really paid much attention to South Florida. Yeah, it was the war on I-4, and we played it up every year. But uh, that not having a rival thing doesn't really bother me at all. We'll find a rival as this new Big 12 evolves, whether it's going to continue to be Cincinnati or if it's West Virginia or, or Arizona State or Colorado, you know, the battle of the black and golds. Or, you know, it, it will find it. It'll naturally occur. Well, if you do find it, you're going to be at the game, Brian. If you're there, you may be paying a little bit more money. And uh, in a related note, as the schedule comes out, UCF also releases the ticket plans for the, the, the following season. Uh, I, I guess what I'm reading is nobody will have their tickets increased by more than 25 bucks. If I read that correctly, Mike, I know you're a longtime season ticket holder. Your thoughts on, uh, on, on UCF coming after your wallet one more time for some more money? Is that you got to clarify? Is that twenty five dollars total or twenty five dollars per game? That's what the press release said. I, I haven't done the math yet on my on my tickets. I've seen some people posting that their tickets are going up, you know, four hundred bucks. I, again, I don't know how real some of that stuff is, but UCF's press release said no one will see an increase greater than twenty five bucks. That's got to be per game because twenty five bucks. They're adding a, an extra home game next year. We have seven home games next year. Twenty five bucks for that extra game would be a bargain. I, I don't think that's the, the case. So. Um, hey, it comes with the territory. We have a better schedule now. Expect 
the tickets to continue to go up because they're going to start making improvements to the stadium. That's going to raise ticket prices. You're going to uh, you're going to getting better opponents now at home. We're not playing Temple and Tulsa every year, so hey, you want to see Dion? You want to see? I Utah? wish we were playing Temple and Tulsa. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. Expect to pay up the big bucks, man. Well, Brian, I don't know how much you were involved in this, Brian, but obviously in your role as a former student body president, um, can you take us to the inside of kind of what goes into a price of ticket increase? Is that something that you were a part of as in your role or what are the factors that kind of go into that? Yeah, they like money. Uh, they need money to uh, to do things in the stadium. So they're going to find a way. You know, the, the funny thing about the wording is that they said that the price of tickets wasn't going to go up more than $25. That doesn't mean that your required donation isn't going to go up by more than $25 or, or something to that effect. They'll find a way to squeeze it a little bit more. Yeah, a lot of people really mad about uh, about the ticket stuff. But one person who does not have to worry about uh, tickets and ticket prices is our guest this week because he's firmly on the sidelines every week, which has got to be a pretty sweet gig. Our friend Coach Paul Lonsbury back with us again for another week. Coach, are you okay with the season ticket prices being raised? Do you get any issue with you? My son does, but I don't. <laughs> okay, perfect. All right. Well, let's let you know. Look, we, you and I were talking off air with, with Brian, and, and you are a very positive person. Uh, that's not going to mesh well with uh, some of the attitudes of Night Nation. What makes you so positive about this this team? You come on week after week, and you like what you're seeing. You think we're going to win, and then we don't. But you come back, and you're positive. So, what are you seeing that we're not seeing? What are you What are you privy to that we don't know about here? Well, uh, I think we're improving. Uh, Every game I've seen something, some aspect of our game improve. This last uh, game against West Virginia, we had our best third down percentage of the year. Uh, we did some really good things right up to the point where we made the big mistake at the end of the third quarter. And, and uh, when, when John Rice got blindsided and fumbled, gave him a short field, they went up. You know, we were in the game at, at, up until that point. And then we come back and, and go three and out. So um, I was frustrated at that point that we, we didn't execute in that period of time. But other than that, I, I see some positive things. We keep scoring. We have improved our tackling. We're not stopping the run the way we have to stop it yet, but I think I've seen improvement there too. So I see improvements in some aspects, it, but it, I'm like you guys too. I'm frustrated about not winning. Our players and coaches are extremely frustrated about not winning. And they, in fact, Coach Malzahn addressed that today at practice. He, he told the players that if he was an alumni of UCF, he'd be frustrated too. He'd be mad too. And, and uh, he's mad anyway because he's, he's coaching them. But he, he wants, the, and he, he's addressed this before, but he wants those players to understand how important it is to the alumni that they've put money and time and effort into UCF and they want it to succeed. And when it doesn't, they're frustrated. So uh, I, I like what I've heard. They're coaching the right way. You know, as a coach, you have to be uh, a corrector of mistakes, but you also have to be a teacher. So you have to try to balance that with uh, some positive aspects if you can find them. And I've, I've just found positive aspects in each game. Coach, at what point in this season do we start just getting the younger guys some experience? I mean, do we wait until we're mathematically eliminated from a bowl and then just put them all out there at once? Uh, no, I think you play the guys that earn the playing time. And um, that's why you practice. That's I, I think it's the right thing to do. I don't think you bench a guy if he's playing well just because he's older. So um, 
I just want to see us win and I want to see us get to a bowl game. And I think we have a chance to do that. I think we're going to win this weekend, but no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bench guys just because of their age. You know, uh, you, you might get a chance to play a few younger guys a little bit more, but I'm not going to bench somebody because he, if he's playing well, because he's old. That if, if they did that, I'd be on the, I'd be on the street. <laughs> Coach, we're you know we're on the back half of the season here. What do you say to these players to keep them motivated? You know that it's got to be repetitive. You know, hearing the same thing week in and week out, and the coach is saying the same thing week in and week out. You know, how can you keep things fresh for these guys? Well, Brian, you, you go back to the individual things on every play and you make those corrections on each play. And that, and that's not always the same. And, and then you point out to them how we can be better and how we can make a change here and, and play a little better and make a win, you know, make it a win. So uh, I think you just have to keep stressing the fundamentals and keep be consistent in your coaching attitude and be consistent coaching. Don't let anything slide. It's a discipline thing, too. You don't let anything slide. You keep coaching. You keep working. And the players will do the same thing if you do that as a coach. So uh, I don't think it's the same every week because each week there are different uh, corrections that you got to make. Um, so you just keep making the corrections and keep working. I know we've talked a ton, Coach, with you about, about the running defense and our inability to stop the run at times. I know we've had a couple of, of games. Oklahoma comes to mind where we seem like we got better. I know you've talked a lot about run fits and being in position. But yet week over week, we have the, the same problems. Are teams just doing something different every time that we're not adjusting to? Or are these our own self-inflicted, we're not in position, we're not playing the right spots kind of kind of wounds on our side? I think it's a combination, Adam. I think uh, we, we've made some mistakes in our fits. But I also think um, that those the schools we've been losing to in the run game have been power five schools longer. They've accumulated talent at a, at a little different level that we have, and we have to try to make up for that. And I, I think we're trying. We've, we've gotten better in our tackling overall, um, but we're going to be tested again with Cincinnati because they like to run it, and they're a very good run team. So we'll have to see, but uh, – Hopefully, you know, they've got issues too. Cincinnati does. They've lost six in a row. They haven't won a, a, a Big 12 game yet. So uh, they have some of the similar problems that we have, and hopefully we can match up and, and, and win this one. Coach, at what point, though, so if you have a player that's maybe not in position or not in the right fit and you, you correct it week after week, at what point do you say, okay, this maybe I need somebody different or the fact that we have the same sort of team coming in, does that mean that the guys behind them just aren't ready? It could be. It, it, each situation is different. You you coach and you try to, to get them to do the best they can and you play the best players you got. And sometimes you have to try somebody new and see if they're see if you're underestimating them. Uh, but you, you got to play the guys that are the best players and uh, you have to evaluate that. And that's not an easy thing to do. So sometimes you do try different combinations and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I know coaches especially and players too are creatures of habit, but so far the last five games, things have not been working out. Do you change up the routine, whether during the week in practice or even on the road trip, taking the plane ride, what time you have dinner, something like that? You switch it up a little bit this week? Yeah, Mike, I think you do make some minor changes. Overall, I think you keep a routine. Uh, you want consistency, okay? But I think you make some minor changes like you've talked about. Uh, maybe have somebody address the team that hasn't, in the past or 
maybe make a small change, like uh, like you said. Uh, the times of meals and things like that are pretty much set by game time, and you work backward from there to to be optimal for digestion and all of those things. And and same thing with uh, uh, meeting times and bedtimes and all of that. You that kind of works back from the kickoff time. So uh, there's not a lot you can change in that routine, but you can do some different things in your meetings and in your in your conversations with your players. Yes. Coach, we're going to go see uh, Emory Jones play this week. Uh, we have played him in the past. We we saw him last one as a member of the Florida Gators football team in the Gasparilla Bowl. He is not the most accurate passer, not the most prolific passer, but he can hurt you with his legs. As a defense that struggled against the run, how does a dual-threat quarterback like Emory Jones come into play if you're I didn't. I didn't hear the last part. You kind of cut out. But uh, all I can say is this: He's a dangerous player, and running a running quarterback creates a, a even more stress on the run defense. So uh, he's a good one, and uh, hopefully his lack of consistency will continue and and maybe help us. Uh, maybe he'll make a mistake here and there that we can capitalize on. Would you let him throw the ball? I think I'd. I'd try to keep him from running at first. I'd let, I'd challenge him to throw it. Uh, I think we have to stop the run. Uh, we talked about this a couple other times. We have to stop the run. And so I think you have to have somebody making sure that he's not running it too. Coach Andy, uh, our friend of ours has, has a question for you here. When you feel undermatched, do you like adding aggressive blitzes and stunts knowing it can leave you vulnerable? Yeah, it depends. It depends on the situation and who you're playing and what what their strengths are too, and also in the situation and and uh, position of the field on the game during the game. So, yeah, that is one way of of uh, trying to take advantage of being outmanned is to uh, be aggressive with blitzes and so forth. Another way, sometimes against certain teams, is to just bend but not break, you know, and try to try to um, keep the quarterback corralled if he's a big running quarterback or whatever the case might be. It just depends on who you're playing and the situation in the game as well. Coach, do you believe in, in the, in other coaches having your number? So we're playing against Cincinnati, but their coach Scott Satterfield has been at Louisville the last two seasons. Obviously Louisville has played UCF and they've beaten us both times. So I'm sure Scott Satterfield is pretty familiar with Gus Malzahn and, and the offense, even though I know Darren Hinshaw's here is new. Do you, is there any credence to that? A coach knowing a coach or beating a coach a couple different times, maybe having, having his playbook or know what to do best. I don't, I, I think it's, um, I think it's more about the players than it is about the coaches. Uh, believe me, we've studied uh, our, our coaches have really studied Louisville uh, from when Satterfield was there, from when we played them actually, and should have beaten them. Um, but, and I think we could have beaten them both times we played them the last two times, but uh, I think it's more about the players. And I think you have to just, you have to know what they're doing and they assume that they know what you're doing as far as, in general, but uh, it's about getting your players to execute. That's the key to it. A lot of the fan base considers this a rivalry game. The Big 12 apparently does not consider it a rivalry game. We're not going to be playing these guys every year. With the schedule that just came out, do you like that? Do you like that they're switching things up? Or would you like to see maybe South Florida back on the schedule every year? I don't care about South Florida one way or the other. Uh, like Brian said, I think 
the Big 12 rivalries are going to take care of themselves. I think rivalries come down to having close games and, and having some wins and some losses in a hard-fought battle over a period of time. So uh, we're the new kid on the block, uh, along with uh, seven others, really. So uh, I think it's going to be a while before uh, the new rivalries and the new uh, rivalries among the new schools in the Big 12 formulate themselves. You're going to have those rivalries that are already there, I think, and they've tried to protect them to some degree. But I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing all these new teams and seeing seeing how, how that plays out. I think there will be some rivalries in the, in the next 10 years that develop. Coach, you've uh, you've been at the practices. You've been on the sidelines. Um, week after week, we've seen JRP come out and play, but he's still wearing that large brace on his knee. Um, is he as mobile as you'd like to see him? What can you share about his status with us? He looks to be as mobile as I've seen him. Um, I don't really know anything more than that. Uh, I haven't talked to the trainers about him. I've, I've talked to, to John, but uh, I haven't really talked to him about that. So uh, I, from what I see at practice, he appears to be 100%. And um, we just have to protect him in the passing game so he doesn't get those blindside sacks that causes fumbles. And, and then we have to we have to do a good job running the ball, which will open up the play action. So I, I, I feel confident that he's ready to go in 100%. But I, I like – I like what I've seen from Timmy too. Tim, Timmy McLean is a, is a talented kid and he's getting better and better. Uh, he just needs the consistency as well. Is that braced? Uh, is that brace? Do you think is that preventative at this point or is, is it still helping him heal in some way? I think it's, I think it's more preventative and uh, just in case I, I think, but I don't think it really slows him down much. Coach, each week I watch the game and I walk away and I see a bunch of rushing yards for UCF. But I always ask myself, are, are we good on the offensive line? Like, I can't tell if our O-line's good. Obviously, we had a, a, a pretty unfortunate strip sack. I know Gus earlier had said that the, one of the other interceptions there, he had pressure in his face and kind of threw the ball up. You're, you're somebody who's obviously very well-versed in O-line play. Give us your assessment of our offensive line and how you think they're playing. I think they're very good in the run game particularly, but also in the passing uh, game. We did make a mistake on the on the sack where he fumbled, um, but and he had a guy in his face. But quarterbacks are going to have guys in their face. Uh, you have to you just have to stand in there and throw it. But um, I think our offensive line is very good. I think we're uh, I think I read we're fourth in the Big Twelve in rushing or third something like that. Um, I think Cincinnati is sixth, and uh, I, you don't get there without being pretty good in in the offensive line. And I think we have good players at running back too. So, and, and when J JRP is healthy, that helps our running game too, because he is a threat running the ball too. So I think we're good up front. Uh, we may not have a first round draft pick among the offensive linemen, but I think we're overall, we're, we're, we're a very good offensive line. And I'll tell you, our offensive line coach is a great one. He really is. Coach, a little off topic here. We just switched the calendar over to November. My wife's trying to get me to put the Christmas decorations up already. <laughs> and we haven't even got to Thanksgiving yet. What's your feeling on this? I don't see any mistletoes hanging around in the back there. No, you won't. The bah humbug. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going uh, I'm gonna see some of my kids on uh, up in uh, Alabama on, uh, on Thanksgiving. And when I come back here, I go over to my son's house and let him and his wife do all the decorating so I don't have to take it down or put it up or any of that. So 
uh, I get my uh, I get my fix at my kids' houses. You got to figure it out, Coach. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm still climbing in the attic. Stress-free life is what I'm going for. Coach, are we going bowling this year? We got to win uh, three out of the next four. Is it going to happen? I think so. I think we will win three of the next four. I like what I've seen. The attitude on the football team, I think, is still positive, regardless of what's happened. Uh, but we are a three and five football team right now, and we've we are what we've shown so far. But we've got to play better, and I think if we do, we can win three of the last four, maybe all four. All right, coach, we'll get you. Oklahoma State will be a challenge because they're really good. Yeah, they can run the ball a ton. All right, Coach, we'll get you out here in this question. So when fans turn the game on Saturday, 3.30, and as you're watching the game, what's something that you're looking to see that's going to tell you that you feel good about how UCF's playing that day? What's something you want to see out of the gate? What's let's maybe a little change that you want to see? What I do is I watch the offensive line and defensive line. And if we're getting a push on the offensive line, I like what I see. If uh, if we're getting a push from the defensive line, I like what I see. So I'm looking there to see who's winning the battle up front. Uh, the rest of it, to me, will take care of itself most of the time. But um, that's what I'm looking for. And uh, I know that's not what everybody wants to look at because it's hard. It's hard not to follow the ball and to follow the big plays and all of that. But I'm looking for those five guys interior on the offensive line and seeing what kind of job they're doing. All right, Coach, you're the best. Thanks again for hopping in this week. Hopefully we'll catch up with you soon. And uh, I guess uh, steer clear of the holiday decorations. Make sure you, you steer clear of that, all right? I'll do that, and I appreciate what you guys do. Thank you very much for letting me be part of this. Thanks, Thanks Coach. Coach. Yep. That's some, that's some solid life advice, Mike, by the way, is to, to not have to hang your decorations. I'm not going to lie to you. That's, that's some solid life advice. That spot for the last few years. It's the worst. All right, so 3.30 Saturday, gentlemen. Uh, how are we feeling again? Coach feels pretty good about what we've got going on. Obviously, he's been in practice, seen some things, but we've also had some tough stretches. So, Mike, how, how are you feeling Saturday right now? I know you've got your your pool tracker picks, and I believe this week you picked against UCF with the spread, right? How are you feeling about the game? Yeah, I think it's going to be a field goal game either way. I could see us winning. I could see us losing. The, 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 the spread was four and a half. I don't know how we're favored against anybody, and on the road even more so. So that's why I picked against us. But I wouldn't be surprised if we pulled one out. We're due, but so is Cincinnati. So I, I think this one can go either way. Mr. Peterson, how are you feeling? Yeah, it can definitely go either way. Mike's not wrong about that. Uh, I mean, you got to stay positive. You got to assume that Vegas knows something that we don't. And if they assume we're going to win, then uh, I'm going to have to stick with that. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring home the W this week. All right. I love a positive Brian David Peterson. Obviously, we're not the only uh, game in town this week. There's a bunch going on in the Big 12. Luckily, we have Jeff Allen here to give us the Big 12 minute, which this week is actually two minutes long. Fun fact. Well, if you think we didn't really know anything about the Big 12 conference last week, we know even less about the race this week. The Kansas upset of Oklahoma created a five-way tie for first in the conference. Three games this week will have a significant impact on the race. We start off with one of the great rivalries in college sports. As two of the leaders square off, it's Bedlam between number 10 Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for what could be the last time in this epic series as the Sooners depart for the SEC unless the schools do schedule out of conference. This has been a very lopsided series with Oklahoma owning a 91 and 19 record with seven ties. The Sooners have won seven of the last eight with the Cowboys last getting a win in 2021. Oklahoma has struggled in escaping UCF and the loss to the Jayhawks 
While the Cowboys have come in hot, having won four in a row, Bedlam kicks off at 3.30 Saturday on ABC. Two of the other 4-1 teams also match up this week as number 25 Kansas State visits number 7 Texas. The Wildcats have won three in a row, the Longhorns two straight. This is a big noon kickoff Saturday on Fox. 4-1 Iowa State hosts number 22 Kansas, which comes in at 3-2 and and aiming to keep their conference title game hopes alive. You can catch this one Saturday night at 7 on ESPN. Other games on the schedule have TCU at Texas Thursday night at 7 on FS1. On Saturday, Houston travels to Baylor 3.30 on ESPN+. BYU visits West Virginia 7 o'clock on FS1. The Mountaineers 3-2 and two in conference, and the win keeps them alive in the conference title game race. And how does UCF respond to last week's loss to West Virginia as they travel to Cincinnati? Both teams are still looking for that first Big 12 win, but as familiar foes in the American, it would feel a little hollow not getting it against a legacy Big 12 team. The Bearcats in their first post-Luke Fickle season are having a dreadful year. The Knights will capitalize on this, having a clearly better offense and come away with a 10-point win. With your Big 12 Minute, I'm Jeff Allen. Am I the other one? Does Jeff Allen remind you guys of, I don't know if you're old enough, we used to call and get the movie times. Right, and you had to you had to listen to the guy tell you what time the movie. <laughs> Jeff Allen reminds me of the guy who gives you the movie times. No, Mr. Movie Phone. <laughs> there you go. There you you don't go. know we're old enough. I'm the same age as you, dude. I was really <laughs> talking to Brian. <laughs> I didn't want to insult. I knew you. I didn't want to insult. I didn't want to not, you know talk about Brian. One guy, the guy who's coming up next, I know is not as old as we are, uh, but he's definitely much more uh, intelligent about basketball than we are. He is former UCF development coach. His name is Ben Hazel, and Ben has been nice enough to hop in and join us. If for those who aren't aware, UCF basketball. Tips off on Monday, and Ben's got a wealth of knowledge. First off, Ben, welcome to your first ever Sons of UCF live show. Hopefully, this is a uh, crowning achievement in your career. Oh, it's a huge, huge step for me. I mean, yeah. you guys might not know this, but this ranks this ranks up there. This is up Man. there for me, um, and I'm I'm going back uh, and telling everybody about it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we hope to have you on throughout the season, but let's get to know you really quickly. Tell us a, a little bit about your background. I know you spent some time at UCF, obviously, in the in the coaching ranks. You you played ball at, at Princeton, uh, which means you're much smarter than the three of us combined. So give us a little bit of give us a bit about your background. Yeah, so um, known Coach Coach Dawkins for an extremely long time. Have a great relationship with him. Uh, one of his assistant coach, Kelvin Johnson. Um, he coached me in middle and high school, had the chance to to really get the behind the scenes and, and work with the team over the past two years. Um, I'm still not involved in the or I'm not involved in the same capacity I was, but still working guys out uh, from time to time. Um, but, you know, played basketball at Princeton and had the chance to play a little bit um, on the three on three tour. So uh, if people aren't aware, you know, the United States qualified for the three on three Olympic team. Um, they have a Princeton guy by the name of Kareem Maddox on that team with Jimmer Fredette and uh, Canyon Barry. So um, pay attention to that as that comes out, but um, had the chance to play with those guys and, and be a part of that a little bit um, a few years prior, but you know, now I'm here uh, happy to be a part of the, uh, the media yeah. crew. get to talk about guys. That's, Always, always good to hear a Big 12 legend, Jimmy Ferdat, mentioned on the show. Uh, ben, all right, here, I'll start you with an easy one. Fill in the blank for me. As a UCF fan, you should feel blank about this upcoming basketball season. Pure excitement. That, that would be the word. Uh, I'm excited. I just had the chance to go to the celebrity game, um, see some of the uh, old UCF greats. Matt Williams, uh, BJ Taylor was made an appearance, Jermaine Taylor. 
Um, so that was fun. But, you know, there's a lot of buzz. There's a lot of excitement. Everybody knows, you know, we got some uh, big names coming to coming to Orlando. So uh, as a fan, there's nothing more you could want. There's a lot of new faces on this team this year. Who are the guys that you think can make an impact right away? Uh, the kid, Jalen Sellers, is the first guy that comes to my mind. Um, averaged about 13, 14 points at Ball State um, from what I've seen in practice. Uh, he was hurt for a little bit, but, you know, came back. I mean, and even before he was hurt, he uh, he's a playmaker. Um, another guy, uh, uh, this guy by the name of Chi-Chi, he comes from uh, New Mexico State. Uh, six seven wing, really athletic, can really shoot the ball. Um, is another guy that I'm excited to see. You know how he he fits. Um, and then uh, probably a guy that he was around the team last year. Did had the red shirt, didn't have the chance to play. Um, he'll come back around the the holiday season. But Antoine Jones is another sleeper that I, I don't think many people are mentioning much. Um, the, he spent a lot of time at Creighton, so he went to Creighton. He went to Memphis. He's been at a lot of stops, but um, his talent. Uh, his size, I think, is something, you know, and, and just his attitude. He's a veteran guy. He's been around the block. Um, I, I think will be another uh, a piece that the fans will be happy with uh, once they once they get to see him out there. All right, Ben, I want you to put your, your UCF fan hat on here for a minute. Uh, this is the first year that we're going to be playing in the Big 12, a conference that's known for their basketball teams. Uh, UCF not exactly known for their illustrious history of basketball teams. What can you tell us as fans that should get us excited about what we should see out of the team this year? Well, one thing that we know they're going to do, they're going to play extremely hard. Uh, and that's one thing that I noticed about just having such a veteran group. Uh, they understand the task at hand and they know how to prepare for it. And they're doing just that. Um, I think probably as a fan, right? So I had the chance to go to the football game this past weekend. Um, had sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. <laughs> I know, I know, but I mean, hey, it was a the atmosphere was crazy. But probably what stuck out to me, if anybody had the chance to go, was the West Virginia fans in the arena, right? Like, yeah. and the same goes for basketball. So, the one thing that I'll say is, I was in that crowd, I was talking reckless to the fans, I was sitting right near the West Virginia guys. So, I was over there, I was there was some lady, she was a little older. Uh, we got into it, and I was definitely letting her know. You know, we can't wait till we come to Morgantown for basketball. <laughs> it comes through, but I was definitely talking like we're ready to play. And I think we will be, you know, I think we're going to put up a fight. So we'll see. But, you know, that's another thing that, you know, it's just like what you always want. Like, hey, like if you guys can remember back when we played Michigan, right? Like it was a little little banter back and forth between the crowd. Like the Michigan fans were in there and then we beat them. It's like that's that's the feeling we're going to get, have the opportunity to get a lot more this year. So I'm excited. Like I wasn't a big talker when I played, but now that I'm lot, definitely just a pure fan, you know, I'm going to I'm going to get it off this year. <laughs> ben, one of the more intriguing names on the team this year, Ben, is Tyler Hendricks, a kid we did not get to say last year on the court. What can you tell us about his game? What can what, what is Tyler good at? What does he do? Well, what can we expect out of him? He can shoot the ball. I mean, just like his brother. Uh, but. I think the thing is that people get pretty surprised by is like just really how skilled he is. So like you'll we'll have some days in practice where you're looking at him like, is anybody going to stop him? Or and everybody's looking at us like we're trying. We just can't. So he he has that ability. Right. Like he has that skill. He has that that talent um, for him is just kind of piecing it all together. He'll get the opportunity this year. So one thing I think we can all expect him to do is make shots. 
Uh, that's one thing that he does. So, you know, when he comes in, I think he'll be a, be able to have a good impact because, you know, when you're first, when you don't get to play, he's going to be treated like a freshman. So, you know, the scout report is going to be clean. They'll be playing him pretty straight up, which I think will be something that, you know, will, will help him out and be advantageous to us uh, at the end of the day. There's rumors circulating that we had a scrimmage against FAU, the team that was in the big uh, in the final four last year, and we beat them. So does that, how does that bode for this season? Are we going to be good? Are, are we going to be a lot better than people are expecting? So this right here is where I can almost even talk about my fan reaction and then my coach reaction, right? So my fan reaction is, oh, we, we're, about to be, we're about to be in there. We're ready for the Big 12. Let's bring the smoke. But then when I think back to it, it's a scrimmage. So, you know, great sign, like, hey, love that, you know, the guys came ready to play and they stepped up to the challenge and whoever was out there, they, you know, took care of business. Um, they were missing a few starters, but then also like scrimmages are really dependent on the coaches. And as you know, we have Charlie Mace's son on our team. Um, so they have a great rapport, but you don't see how coaches or teams are going to play really in the, in the, in the game. I mean, as a freshman, I had the chance to play in a few scrimmages. I'm thinking I'm about to get some good minutes when the season started. Those first few games, it was a no-go. So, you know, <laughs> the scrimmages, you know, they're good good starting points, but they, they don't really tell you as much as you might think. I mean, we beat them last year. So, you saw kind of <laughs> different trajectories that we both went on by the end of the season. So, you know. We'll, Sorry, Mike. Sorry, Mike. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Ben, if you're going to an away game, um, which away game are you putting on your schedule to uh, to make the trip out for? Uh, the away game that I really want to see. I mean, of course, Kansas is going to be yeah. you know, top of the list for pretty much anybody. But uh, one one place for me, you know, because I did play. So, like, the games are great, but I also would love for there to be a city experience with it. So I would pick Austin. Uh, would go to Texas in their last year and, and hit Sixth Street before and after the game. Um, whether it's a happy drink after or a sad drink, I'll pick one and go with that. Last <laughs> chance to do that, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's true. All right, Ben, we'll get you out of here in this question. Um, who will be the team MVP this, this season? When it's all said and done, if we had to hand out an MVP for our team, who's going to win that for us? Uh That'll be tough to say, but I think the coming the three competitors for that trophy for our team will be Darius Johnson, uh, CJ Walker, and then the sleeper pick uh, Jalen Sellers uh, from Ball State. I think those three guys will will be our leaders, our category leaders, and who dominates most of the categories will be your your MVP, of course. Again, Ben, thanks so much for hopping in. Hopefully we'll get a chance to have you on throughout the season. Uh, uh, tip off on Monday at home against FIU after the after the women's game is over. So tune in, Ben. Are you going to be at the stadium? Are you going to be handing out autographs, meeting people? They're going to be like, hey, I saw you in the Suns UCF. Are you ready for all this? <laughs> I hope I hope so, but I will definitely be there. Uh, definitely going to be there, you know, cheering the guys on. I'll be right behind the bench. It'll be a little weird. This will be my one of two games that I think I've gone to where I wasn't sitting right behind coach Dawkins, but I think, you know, I'll enjoy having a, uh, being able to have a few drinks and, and sit with a little bit better view. Uh, those coaches are pretty big and they like, to <laughs> <laughs> the view is not that great. Awesome, man. We appreciate it, man. Hope to catch up with you real soon. Okay. Thanks for having me, fellas. Have a good one. All right, there's Ben. 
who knows more about basketball? There's Brian, really big screen. Wow. Uh, who knows more about basketball than we'll ever know? So uh, let's let's keep the football theme going. I'm just going to move everyone square around. Let's bring in our next guest. His name is Stephen Maurer. He is one of the hosts of the Viva La Cats Cincinnati podcast. And uh, I was on the show with him this week. And I can tell you guys, he's as downtrodden as we are. So, Stephen, welcome to the show of people trying to figure out how to get our first Big 12 win. Man, you guys were just talking about basketball. I'm like, all right, let's talk about basketball. It <laughs> sounds good to me. All right, let's start with this. What happened to Cincinnati? Last time we checked in with you, you guys had a good program, and all of a sudden now uh, we're fighting for our first conference whenever. Take us to the last, like, six, eight months of Cincinnati football and how we got to where you are now. Yeah, so uh, a guy named Luke Fickle, uh, pretty good. I think you guys are familiar with him. Uh, sure. He ended up leaving for uh, – I don't know if it'll be greener pastures. We'll see. But uh, he left for Wisconsin, and um, – our administration decided to make a curious move and hire Scott Satterfield. Uh, not exactly sure if it was more of the big money donors who wanted that because they wanted him back when Fickle was hired in 2016, or if that was more of Jimmy Sexton looking to try and find somebody to get his client out of town. So anyway, we have Scott Satterfield here. And as you can see, it's not going that great. Lost 21 players to the transfer portal. Uh, one of the, uh, shortest you know people say they have deep wide receiver rooms we have one of the shortest or not as deep wide receiver rooms in the country uh cornerback room is also just struggling this year so man it's been a it's been a downturn um we thought maybe it wouldn't be so bad after game two against Pitt, beating them uh in their house and uh pit is also falling off in- incredibly hard this year so We'll see, man. But uh, you were telling me, Adam, on Tuesday night that uh, Satterfield seems to have UCF's number. So I'm holding on to any sort of hope I can for Saturday. How have you enjoyed so far the Emory Jones experience at quarterback? (laughs) Uh, Well, I I saw our backup uh, come into the game, and that was the most excited I got on Saturday night. So, uh, you know, it's a. it's at the point where so we have two backups and they're both they're both of their first names are Brady. So the fun little uh, conversation around the fan base this week is like, oh, is Brady going to get in the game? Not it doesn't matter which Brady it's it's got to be a Brady to get in the game. So, you know, he, he started off co- incredibly hot against Eastern Kentucky and then Pitt wasn't so bad. But, man, he must lead the lead the country in completing like 18 passes and he only completed five or six on Saturday night, but 18 passes for about 175 yards. Like it's, it's not really much of a deep ball. We don't really have as much of a deep threat on the outside either. So it's, let's say it's not going well. Steve, I listened to the podcast uh, this week just to hear uh, Adam's interview with you guys. And I couldn't quite tell at, at the start of the show, you were talking about how UCF is a rival, but it isn't rival. Tell us, I mean, it, are Cincinnati fans, is UCF a rival? Are we not a rival? What, uh, how, how do we look at this game? So I think we are. I think my co-host Justin is just very downtrodden, even more downtrodden than I am about this season. But I look at it like this, like either way, you know, we're both zero and five, both need a win. I think a win against the your rival makes the season obviously you know there's that old adage of you can go you can lose every other game but uh you if as long as you win your rivalry game and uh, that's all that matters and our football media social media account they have taken to this as it is a rivalry i think it is guys i mean i was down there for the 2018 game it seemed like the stadium was bumping obviously college game day was there great atmosphere next year at cincinnati 
great atmosphere for that Friday night game as well. And it, we are the only two fan bases that seem to really continuously go at each other all the time on Twitter. <laughs> I don't see why not. I mean, like, obviously there's no real close geographical ties for both of us in the big 12. Why not? I mean, I, I see a couple people uh, in the, in the comments already giving me some crap and uh, you know, I, Hey, we're, I'm here for it. I've opened myself up to it, but man, I think it's a rival. What do you guys think? Me? I, I don't know. Like the first couple of years we were in the American together, we didn't play either. And yeah. it was like, it took a while and it, it did build up there because we were the top two teams in the conference. But that, that was really the, the, the main reason is because we were both good. Now we both stink. Let's see how passionate it remains this year and next year. It's certainly a rivalry on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's more of just that competitive aspect of, like you said, we were both really good in our previous league. And now uh, we're the, we are the adage from uh, if you've ever watched catch me, if you can, we're the two rats just trying to fight through the cream just to see which <laughs> one comes out on top. <laughs> Steve, I don't know what your disposable income situation looks like, but if you have disposable income and there's a rushing yard total for Cincinnati, I would take the over this week because we've had a bit of a challenge stopping the run. Tell us a little bit about this Cincinnati running game. Who are some names to watch out for? How, how effective has, has the running game been this year for Cincinnati? So the running game has been actually one of the bright spots for us. This oh, year. Great. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And uh, our, But our coach decided to call out his own running back room by saying that they did not have any explosive playmakers, which some of the running backs uh, quote tweeted and were not very happy about. And they've responded. Miles Montgomery had a big game last week, had a 69-yard run for UC's first touchdown of the game. Corey Kiner, transfer from LSU, hometown kid. He's been really toting the rock for us pretty well. Uh, we did lose Ethan Wright this week to a season-long injury, but uh, Corey Kiner and Miles Montgomery are the two guys that you need to watch out for if you're a UCF fan. And UC has been pretty good on the ground, I will say. They've had some pretty good games where they've outgained their opponents, and a lot of those yards, I talked about how Emory Jones was only averaging about 180 yards uh, through the air. There, he has been a good running rushing threat uh, on the ground. They've made him got him in space to run the ball every now and then and it's worked out for him so far so those three uh, i mean we're we're not really doing anything else on the passing side of the ball so we're going to try and try and run as much as we can and we'll see how Great. it goes well congratulations <laughs> you guys have been known over the last few years of, as having a solid tough defense that's got to be the most frustrating part of this season is the last four or five games giving up over 30 points every week yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially because we have uh, such good players on the defensive front, you know, Jawan Briggs, Dante Corleone, Eric Phillips. There's a couple of dogs right there on that front line. And it's just the cornerbacks have not been able to keep up with some of these big 12 talent and receivers. And that was one of the points of emphasis of the transfer portal, losing a bunch of those guys on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I do like our defensive coordinator, Brian Brown. He had a good scheme at Louisville, brought in some good players. Uh, and if if Cincinnati fans were to look toward the future and feel a little bit confident, a lot of Scott Satterfield's players played very well against, albeit an injured Riley Leonard at Duke this past Saturday. But he's still left a lot in the cupboard there, and obviously Jeff Brom has taken it forward. I think it's more of just that we – aren't seeing it right away and just to see that we still have a bunch of those guys that were recruited and we're still in the fickle system have not really been able to do, to do much 
uh, it's not fun. I, I, I'll say that I'm not used to giving up more than 30 points a game. Steve, if you're coach Satterfield and you're preparing for this game this week and you've got UCF coming to town, what, if anything, and I stress, if anything scares you about this UCF team that's coming in uh, to play on Saturday. Well, we just talked about uh, UC's lack of defensive ability to keep opponents under 30 points. And look, you know, John Rice Plumley, he's had his fair share of problems this year, but if he can pass the ball more than 15 yards down the field, then there's going to be at least some separation there for those wide receivers. Uh, our cornerback room is really not very good. Um, it's one of the bottom 10 in the nation, unfortunate to say. And we are really just trying to get to you as fast as we can before that, but before the ball gets out and gets to the cornerbacks. Uh, Jaden Higgins had a uh, breakout game for Iowa State against UC, averaged about 30 yards a catch, six catches, 180 yards. Uh, he he broke out during that game, uh, and Baylor looked like a competent passing offense against this UC defense. So um, I, I think if you're a UCF fan, you've got to look at and say, our, our passing game needs to be a lot better this week, and I just hope that the running game can be stopped a little bit. Are we looking at a shootout? I... Uh, so, Adam, you were asking me earlier about disposable income. There is a little bit of disposable <laughs> income on the over this week because <laughs> life's too short to bet the under one. And two, you know, I'm trying to have some fun and watch these games. Uh, I mean, the over had the best backdoor cover last weekend, uh, a couple late touchdowns by by both Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. So uh, by no means am I giving out advice, but uh, the over may be in play here. All right, Steve, now that he's gone, can we finally admit that Fickle having team on the back of his shirt was just yes. stupid? Yes, yes, so stupid. That was the first tweet that I laughed at that first day when he left as one of our guy, one of our guys, Doug, said, you know, it's so, I'm so glad that I don't have to act like team was a cool moniker. Uh, and <laughs> so I don't know, he's not wearing it on the back of his uh, hoodie or on his visor at all, but our new team mantra is eat effort attitude and toughness it has not really gotten uh, around as much as team but i kind of like eat a little bit better i mean i'm a I, i'm a i'm an eater myself you know so and i i, I kind of think that's more more fun than having team but it was so stupid i'm so glad that we don't have to worry about that anymore <laughs> all right prediction time comes down to it you're betting the over but what do you think the final score is gonna be who's winning well, I can't come on the UCF show as a Cincinnati fan and say you guys are going to win. Um, I did predict a 34-31 UC victory on on Tuesday. Um, I I just I'm not like confident in that at all. Um, I don't think there's been anything to this point that really makes you think, especially with how the play has kind of deteriorated since Big Twelve play has started. That makes you think that UC can really come out, other than maybe that we're wearing. Um, entirely two large decals with the USS Cincinnati um, seal <laughs> on the side of our helmets. Maybe that'll inspire us, but I, I do think that it's, you know, it's a rivalry. These guys know each other. They're both teams probably understand that this is likely their best chance at a big 12 win this season and Cincinnati at home. I, I do feel good about just being able to have that home crowd, however many people show up. So I'll say 3431. Uh, a late field goal that does not get blocked by Miami of Ohio. So loser goes back to the AAC. How's that? <laughs> uh, 
please don't make me go back to Temple, Tulane, South Florida. I, I'm, I'm Memphis too. I'm so glad. Can we agree on this, y'all? I'm so glad that we never have to visit any of those schools ever again. Never have to talk to any of those fan bases ever That's again. Fair. That's fair. East Carolina can get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah. We, we still have to deal with South Florida fans. Well, that's true. Yeah. And I'm sorry for you guys. I mean, their numbers are dwindling by the day, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> what uh, what kind of crowd are you guys expecting on Saturday? So I did actually look at tickets just because I was interested. And we, we are inducting one of our linebackers uh, from the late 90s, early 2000s, Antoine Peak uh, on Saturday. His son is actually on the team. So uh, they're running a ticket deal. You guys can make fun of it, you know, two for 56 because his number is 56. So one for 28, but not many seats uh, available for the weekend. I mean, we'll see what it's like on Saturday when people are showing up. But I, I do feel like at least because of the familiarity with you guys understanding, you know, there is a little bit of a common opponent there. I do think that it should be a good crowd. Um, and credit to UCF fans, man. You guys have showed up the last few times at Nippert, uh, and I'm I'm expecting uh, nonetheless from you guys. So I'm uh, looking forward to seeing what it's like on Saturday. Yeah, we will have some fans there. I know that there are some folks that are traveling. So I don't know how many, but we'll have some. <laughs> All right, Steve, tell us more about Viva La Cats. You and Justin do a great job. Where can people find you? What do you guys do? Give us the lowdown on Viva La Cats. Yeah, so we are at Viva La Cats Pod on uh, Twitter. I'm not going to call it X because that's our main basketball rival in the city of Cincinnati. So I, you won't ever hear me calling it that. It's still Twitter to me, but Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever you find uh, social media and podcasts, we are there covering the Bearcats once a week in our regular feed. And then every Saturday we cover the game on our Twitter spaces. So if you guys feel like coming in and saying what's up and, uh, letting us know how much we suck on Saturday. Uh, we would love to have you, you know, uh, more than welcome to request to speak in the spaces. Everybody's welcome. Uh, trying to have a, a welcoming atmosphere for our friends in the Big 12 and uh, our enemies in, in Central Florida. So, but two times a week, looking to ramp up more as well with basketball coming in town uh, starting next week. Hopefully we'll have more Big 12 wins by the middle point of the season in basketball than we will in football. <laughs> Yeah, we're trying to do the same thing around here. Steve, thanks for hopping in. We'll check out your space on Saturday. Look out for a guy named JP Gilbert in your space, okay? Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I already okay. saw him. I'm ready to go. Love okay. the snack guys. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Take care. Well, at least they're as down as we are. Moving squares. On Saturday. <laughs> if they beat us, I'll be more willing to join their spaces depending on how the game goes on Saturday. I'm not allowed to join the space. (laughs) 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 Mike has been banned from Twitter and X. All right, let's do a quick around the kingdom. Then we'll get to some questions. Women's soccer loses in the uh, semis. They are now a bubble team, according to Eric Lopez, to make the tournament, which uh, will come out on Monday. Men's soccer. Two to one loss to James Madison, which somehow makes him the second seed in the tournament. I don't get that, but we're hosting uh, South Carolina Sunday at 7 p.m. Volleyball uh, split with TCU going to Houston. That should be a tough match this weekend. And comment from both of you, UCF and Nike back together through 2029. Brian's pumping his fist. I assume Mike does not care. Uniform nerds rejoice. All right. <laughs> yes. As I expected. This one's always awkward whenever Brian's on the show because I don't know what to do with it. But what are you going to do? It's that time again. Time to open the Brian W. Peterson Sons of UCF mailbag. It is that time again. 
And as a new tradition, Mike, I don't know if you've known this, a new tradition. Uh, we've been playing music uh, underneath the uh, the mailbag recently. Uh, so this is this is a <laughs> theme song here. It'll be for the kick in. Our official mailbag theme song. All right, let's get these mailbags. I had to read these things. Trace usually does this, so best of luck to me. This one comes from... Uh, add two letters, two words. If our first Big 12 win were to come against Cincinnati, can we really consider that a Big 12 win, Mike? No. And they shouldn't consider it a win if they beat us either. This is not a Big 12 win in the record books. I don't care what it says in the standings. Now, if Cincinnati had one or two wins already in the conference, then maybe I could think about it. But since we both are winless, this is an AAC matchup. Brian? Listen, I'll take what I can get at this point. Let's count it as a win. All right, Golden uh, Goldenet underscore two wants to know if how about Houston? If UCF beats Houston, is that going to be a Big Twelve conference win, Brian? No, Houston's terrible. Mike, well, going by what I just said, I have to count it. They at least beat West Virginia. <laughs> they, have, they have another Big Twelve win against an old Big Twelve school, so that, that's a better win than this week, actually. That makes perfect sense. Uh, this one's from at Grillin twenty four Q who. Very, very passionate on Twitter. <laughs> Brian, I think you guys have had some uh, conversation before. His question, I think, is, Gus is clearly at a loss right now. What did a former SEC coach possibly misjudge in a three-year program? Something he missed based on all of his media day comments, leading guys to think that we were going to have a good team. Is Gus full of it, or are his best days behind him? Like, Gus full of it, or best days behind him? You decide. I think he actually thought this team was going to be good. And I think a lot of us, I mean, I, I thought we were going to be good, too. And even after the first few weeks, I thought we were going to be good. But you know what's happened? This He's had his quarterback injured every year he's been here. You got to give him a little something about that for that. But um, the transfer portal guys have not hit. So I think that's been his biggest problem. Brian, from at the real TCG3, why not just say F it and let Timmy play so the Sharps can hit some overs? You know, I really have no problem uh, letting some of the younger guys get in there and get some reps at this point. Um, I don't think Gus is going to do that. He's going to go. He's going to stick with JRP. He's going to let his guy play um, until we absolutely can't get any more wins. But uh, I I'm okay with that. Let's get some younger reps in there. Mike, at Riley Carey 16, do we not have a rotation system instead of leaving the same guys on defense for a long time? I don't think we have enough guys that we trust with to, to add the depth on the defense. We got a couple of them. John Walker is able to get in there. I, I just don't think there's enough of those guys that they feel are ready to play right now. Brian, this one's from armored underscore up. If you could pick any of the guys who did not come to UCF during the recruiting cycle to come back to UCF in the portal, who would it be? He is lobbying for Arkansas QB Malachi Singleton. Singleton would be a great addition. Um, Arkansas just fired. Was it their offensive coordinator? Yeah, or it Danny was their offensive coordinator. So there, I mean, Maybe the guy's looking to, to make a change. He's got these inroads with UCF. Let's go get him. I'm all for it. Mike, just because I think this will be fun, who's the recruit that you want, want UCF to get from the portal? The guy that we should have got, that what's been missing this season was that big Phoenix energy. We needed that big <laughs> Phoenix energy this year, yeah. and it didn't work out. So uh, that, that's going to be the thing. It's going to be quarterback, whoever yeah, it is. I think it's out of eligibility at UCF guy 23 does knowing that UCF has up to this point, the sixth toughest schedule in the country make you feel better, a little better or not better at all. Mike. Uh, not better at all. I, I don't care what the, the schedule toughness, the schedule, all that stuff doesn't make me feel better. You know what makes me feel better. It was just winning a damn game. The Baylor game. We could have had 
the Oklahoma games, win those games, win, win, win two of those games. And I definitely feel a lot better than I do right now. I'm not going to lie to you. When you said, you know, it makes me feel better. I was concerned what was going to come out of your mouth next there. <laughs> Brian at UCF guy 23. Will basketball win more conference games than football this year? Yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, Mike, at Sports Chemist 1, UCF men's basketball beat FAU in a scrimmage. Does it mean something? Ben Hazel says no. What about UCF Mike's personal record book? We're talking about practice. Right? We're talking <laughs> about practice. It doesn't mean anything. I agree with what Ben said. Uh, you know, the season starts on Monday. And let's see if we beat FIU. Start this season off better than we did last year. When we lost to UNC Asheville or wherever the hell that team was at the beginning of the year. You're still on that UNC Asheville thing. Yeah, um, that was a fair loss, man. Overtime, we had the tournament, game. Tournament team. All right, this was at always UCF night. And this is a, a question and a complaint, I think, all in one. Is anyone else annoyed they now ask you for tips on credit card machine at the concession stand at the stadium? I mean, you wait in line standing in the sun, and then they hand you a drink over the counter. UCF's trying to guilt tip people into make more money. Mike, are you on board with this? I don't want a tip at, from uh, at always UCF night. No, as somebody that has spent time in the service industry, th- those people are not God, getting I hope you made a lot of money from UCF. <laughs> okay, UCF is not making that tip money. Those people are out there working for like three bucks an hour. I tip now. I, I do tip nowadays at, at the stadium. Nowadays, okay. Uh, Brian, <laughs> do you have any complaints with the with the, with the tipping philosophy? You know, I worked in the service industry and I never got any tips. So take that for what it is. Probably more more about you, Mike. Did you close your tab at Burger U? <laughs> did you I close your tab? <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one from Emptiness for Halloween theme. What candies would represent members of the UCF coaching staff? Mike, what candies represent members of the UCF coaching staff? Thinking. I've got a uh, Starburst or Star Busts, maybe for the offense. Okay. With, uh, Hinshaw, right? I, okay. I've never heard of this before, but I googled some candies. Circus peanuts. For the defense, Addison Williams, because that, that, that the whole defense is a circus right now. And then you got Smarties for Gus Malzahn because always oh, little trying to outsmart himself a little bit with those two-point conversions and trick points. For a second there, I was really hoping you said circle peanuts. Um, Brian, what are, what are your candy options? Um, I guess I have to go with Tootsie Roll. I mean, you either love Tootsie Rolls or you hate them. I mean, it's not my favorite. I, I don't like Tootsie Rolls, but dots <laughs> I'll so the, whole, the whole coaching staff's at tootsie rolls that we're doing there oh, yeah yeah you're either okay. in or you're out it's not it's not uncommon mike uh earlier you mentioned you had a top five list of things you'd rather be doing than watching the game i don't want to uh, this is content gold i don't want to lose this so we're a little over on time but I, I need it i need it you don't want to save it for monday is that what you're saying um i just said it out loud so yeah i can't take this back this is live so this is inspired by you. You get to miss part of this game this week if you if you want because you're going to a Possibility. wedding. Possibility, yeah. Early morning wedding. 10 a.m. wedding, Brian Peterson. Fair or foul? Foul. Yeah. Hey, they're, they're I, trying I'd to do a favor because it's in the fall, right? That's fair. That's fair. I'd rather do that and have with a little open bar than have to watch this defense. That's why it's one of the <laughs> top five things I'd rather be doing this Saturday. Number okay. four. That's five. Number four. And, and if you look around this studio right here, I got to clean out this garage. And I may start doing that on Saturday. And if it takes me through the first quarter, I, I, I'll just get in here and, and work the whole way through and then go check on the score or something because I, so I don't have to watch this thing. Number three, dentist. I'd rather go to the dentist 
Mm. <laughs> Normally, I do my cleanings on Saturday mornings. I'm going to try to call and see if they schedule me for like 3.30. And this way, I can miss the first half of this game. Uh, number two, I'm getting to that age now. I get a colonoscopy. I'd rather have that done than watch <laughs> And number one, go visit the in-laws. Let's see what those guys are up there. I haven't seen them in a couple of weeks. I'd rather go over there, hang out there, and instead of watching us lose to Cincinnati for, and go 0-6 in this conference. Wow. Uh, Brian, any thoughts on Mike's list? Uh, I'll throw one in there. I'd rather get burned by J.P. Gilbert on Twitter. Well, that hasn't happened before? Probably. I probably blocked it out of my memory. I'll probably get burned for that. You don't think I'm going to put your comments on the screen, Brian? Yeah, yeah, well, the show. I like those. She loves those roles. You know, those are, those that are was, going that on. That was asking. You know what? The, you know, those are going on the screen, as is the game 3.30 Saturday again. Make sure you tuned in. Hopefully the Knights pull one out, although I don't think we're all that optimistic. Obviously, for my good friend UCF Mike and for Brian W. Peterson, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. Thanks for watching. Thanks for commenting. We'll be back with more Sons of UCF fiascos at some other point in our lives. But until then, everybody, go Knights. Charge on. There we go. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.